0: Welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook. I'm Tim, and I'm Willie. Willie, we were just discovering uh, John, or uh, discovering discussing, yes, John Carpenter's uh, VHS grab bag. So here's what happened <laughs> last night: John Carpenter on his social media, yeah, John Carpenter official, which I, I think sometimes he runs and then sometimes somebody else runs. But he posted a picture of just stacks and stacks of VHS tapes.
1: A a solid VHS collection. Yes,
0: a VHS collection. They're just in his, it looked to be like a study area, I would say. Or like a a secondary room where he's just got got memorabilia of his own work. (laughs) And he's got like toys from his own movies, which is amazing to me. That rules. He's got like a Halloween pinball machine. He's got a Starman poster up. But it says, out with the old... In with the new. We are doing a little spring cleaning of the archives here. He's calling the archives, though, but the archives is just like his basement.
1: Or <laughs> 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 like his attic space. <laughs> so sweet.
0: Archives here at John Carpenter Central. at does that John Carpenter Central? And are finally letting go all of JC's personal collection of movies on VHS. This is your chance to get a piece of it. Every VHS mystery box contains... Ten VHS tapes from John Carpenter's personal closet, movie closet. (laughs) Classic films, horror films, westerns, cult films, blockbuster. He watched them all. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you could, I think he was charging money for this.
1: Yeah, he did sign like
0: a a photograph. He sent a photo with it. It's a picture of himself that he signed um well really, what did you think of this when i when i sent this to you last <laughs> because this cracked me up because what a hustler John <laughs> yeah, good is. for him
1: um my initial thought was like oh that's kind of kind of cool and then i'm like wait that's kind of weird <laughs> no it's cool whatever i mean like hey no i yeah they it's, sold out so that the man made some money it's good a for unique
0: him. thing to buy from somebody too so i do not
1: it's interesting
0: yeah yeah but i mean I,
1: it's it's really funny though <laughs> Because I love John, like yes. he rules, and he does cool stuff like this that just makes me like him more. Yes. Yeah. Good for him. This is
0: essentially making like it's a gar. This is like a celebrity garage sale in its own way.
1: Yeah. Room. And my thought process is like like John hasn't been able to to tour for a while with everything going on with the COVID thing. So like maybe he's just he's making an extra buck. You know he doesn't need these tapes. I he's just z- washed them all. <laughs>
0: I zoomed in. Did you zoom in on what he's got in this VHS collection? I took a
1: Gander, yeah. You pointed out Willow, which I really he, liked.
0: Uh John has Willow on VHS. John Carpenter has Willow on VHS as well as White Heat. It looks like he's got Sullivan's Travels on there too. He's got a movie called Rampage. I'm not familiar that's not the rock. Rampage. He has no. so much so many um
1: three Stooges VHS tapes. He's got a lot which
0: does not surprise me, honestly.
1: No, not at all. He's got uh <sighs> White Heat, White on heat, there. Yeah. Witness, Witness. All right. He, yes,
0: he does have Witness, the Harrison Ford movie. Witness. He has a. Um,
1: he's got a decent, a couple he, of Godzilla's in there. Which he's is got a red. Godzilla
0: versus something. I can't make out who who he's Godzilla's fighting. Yeah, I can't. Either. On the top, it almost looks like Step Brothers, but it's not. He's got a movie called Pittsburgh.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Rebecca. I think that's the. Uh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock movie. Yeah, um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think I saw that on here as well. hmm
1: That's there. The Purple Rose
0: of Cairo. <laughs> oh, uh, Roman Holiday. A lot of, like, I think he's got Born in East L.A. on here, too, which is the, is that the Cheech Marin? Yes. Movie. <laughs> so,
1: That's right. So a
0: weird mix. He, they're not wrong when they say he has a, a an eclectic taste. I love it. A lot of, like, old old-time, like, kind of screwball comedies. And some like kind of like stoner flicks as well.
1: <laughs> All of these make sense. Carpenter rules. <laughs> Get that paper, baby. Get it. Honestly, I don't blame one bit. No, uh, I mean, it's cool. Like there clearly are people who were um it's definitely a hustler, there's no doubt about that. But like I mean the the man is telling you what he's giving you. He's giving you VHS's that from his closet and he's gonna sign you an eight by ten. Yep. So, if you want to pay for it, by all means, like it, and people did, so he sold out yeah, he sold out so I mean hey, John's doing something right, and uh if this brings you joy to to buy some v h s tapes from the from the the masters collection, then uh by all means, go for it. It's kind of funny though <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny
0: it's very funny, it's classic John love it love um, it so much the other thing I wanted to mention real quick up top is uh we we were uh, tagged in a video of Vera Mega Yes,
1: who we both like quite a bit.
0: Uh, Yes, and I like her even more now because it's a video. Steve, our good pal, Mm -hmm. Steve tagged us in it, brought this to our attention. It's her with Scott Ian of Anthrax. Yeah. And an entire band. I didn't recognize anybody else. No, Scott Ian's pretty recognizable. Yes, yep, and she's singing lead on... um,
1: The Trooper by Iron Maiden. Thank you. Which is a great jam. She's
0: doing a very good job She's crushing it. it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Um if you if you see us on Twitter, you should see that I think in our mentions or whatever it's called on Twitter. Speaking of which, if you want to send us uh, feedback, you can tweet us at hm yearbook. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You can email us horrormovieyearbook at gmail dot com. Also, yes. So feel free to do that, please. We always love to hear from you guys, and uh, you know, we've, we haven't had any uh, uh, like regular lengthy feedback in a little yeah. bit. Uh, not since we got a delightful. Email from a friend of the show, Alan Kay, regarding yes. our Cincinnati trip. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Please, please send us that feedback. That's sweet feedback. Um, Tim, you wanted to talk about like <laughs> who I who, like what horror stars you. I, yeah,
0: I thought of this as like we were coming. I, I don't know. Like So, who would you like? What horror icons would you want to see like sing uh, and like out and about singing karaoke? So, like, uh, since we're talking about Katie Man, I would love. I've seen Tony Todd sing before. Yeah, uh, I believe he and um, um, uh, Keith David. There's a deleted scene from I believe Horror Noir mm-hmm. the documentary of them yeah. singing together, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say Keith David as well. So there um, you have it. I mean,
0: Tony Todd posts a lot of like, he'll always post his now listening uh, from like Spotify. He'll post songs from Spotify. He's got he some cool stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see. Um, Maybe he, maybe him singing like some Smokey Robinson or something.
1: Okay, soulful. yeah, I could yeah. dig that. Um, yeah, I would like that. I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like there are certain horror, you know, uh, horror-centric celebrities that would be a lot of fun to do karaoke with. I, I think they do some of these karaoke things at some of these conventions after the show. Oh, that's right, karaoke yeah. or whatever. Um,
0: like uh, what's the dude from Buffy? He will like play like acoustic sets for people. Oh yeah, Spike. Okay, um, James Marsters. Marsters, right? Yes. yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I I feel like I would love to sing to sing some sort of tune with with Tom Atkins. Okay. I just feel like Tom would would cut into some cool stuff. Now, has
0: he is he sang before in any of his? I don't think so. He's no. probably. What do you think Tom would sing? He's, he's. What do you karaoke think he would? He's probably like a fifties guy, right? He's, I think.
1: I think. Atkins would crush some Elvis. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, like a fool's rush in. Yes. Like a ballad.
1: Yes. Okay. Something a little slower, a little more.
0: A little more romantic. Yes, okay. I think he
1: would. He would annihilate it in the best way. Um, yeah, he'd be fun to watch. Uh, Robert England would would be a joy. What
0: do you think, Robert? Robert England, I can see singing like some like prog rock, like Robert England's up there singing like um, um. Prodigy. <laughs> I'm thinking like. <laughs> I think like like seventies. Who's like a seventies prog rock band?
1: He's up there singing some King Crimson.
0: Well, yeah, or some like yeah, uh, Iron Butterfly. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's I I could see that. Um, what about
0: Kane Hodder? What do you think Kane Hodder? Kane's a,
1: I think Kane's a metalhead. Is he a metalhead? I think so. I'm 80s? pretty sure. I think he's kind of into all of it. I think he's like eighties all the way through to like. Even like modern, stuff. modern I th- stuff. I'm fairly certain he's a metalhead. Okay. Um, you know, Kane, if you hear this and I'm wrong, please don't murder me. Um, yeah, I could see Kane jamming out to some. Man, I'm trying to think of a good. See, he would do something, you know, uh, like 18 to Life Skid Row. Yeah.
0: See, I was thinking maybe something a little heavier. Even heavier. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um...
1: Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, Kane could. Do I could see him
0: doing. Uh, like, since we were talking about Iron Maiden, I could see him doing like some Iron Maiden
1: or some uh, some Dio. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would like to see that.
0: I th- I see him less hair metal and more like ninety or like kind of like grungier metal. What do you okay. call that? Like maybe not. I don't think it was far into like death metal.
1: No, but no. But I could see him rocking out to, rocking out to some of the, like ah uh, like Wasp. Okay. You know. Or like, um, man.
0: But I can even no, see. You know what he's doing? He's doing like Sabbath. He's doing like Black Sabbath.
1: Okay, yeah. He's doing like oh, he's
0: like doing like and maybe like Dio Black Sabbath, but he's doing Black Sabbath. Yeah, mostly makes sense. Ozzy, I would guess.
1: I yeah, think. that's kind of the go-to. Oh,
0: you know what? I can see Robert England jamming out to Rush.
1: Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, England would be into Rush.
0: Let's do a. Let's do a uh, female. Let's do a lady.
1: Yeah. Here. So, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie, I think Jamie Lee would go. You pick the song, I am. I am gonna roll with you, <laughs> like that's that. Just like Jamie Lee seems like she like she would, right? But no, in all honesty, she would. I think she would sing something.
0: I am thinking like a Carly Simon,
1: yeah, yeah, or um, ah, oh gosh, even uh, like a Patty Smith, right? Yeah, something that's like kind of a classic singer songwriter, female singer songwriter tune, you know, with a with a catchy, uh, catchy chorus. You know, I think she'd get into that. Yeah, I'd go with that. Um, yeah, I did not expect Vera Farmiga to be rocking out to the Trooper. I don't know why. Okay. I guess I don't know her that well, but it's pretty rad. Yeah. It's
0: a uh, musically inclined class uh cast, the Conjuring because um,
1: yeah. Patrick Wilson sings Elvis. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He <laughs> does too. He does. Yeah. Excellent stuff.
0: Ah, uh, very cool. Very cool. Um, I had um, uh, we might have to rush through this because I had uh. Flamin' hot nacho, Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh no! So they have this new uh, flavor for a limited time, and I had to try it at Buffalo Wild Wings. This is why I was a little late tonight getting over here, <laughs> because not because I was in the bathroom, but because I was eating this. It was a Flamin' hot Dorito nacho. Okay. Nacho cheese. Yeah, the cheese. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But so not
1: the Flamin' hot. Yeah.
0: They give it to you, and it is like glowing red. It, R- the person yeah. I was with. Um said it looked like kind of like strawberry topping for like a cheesecake. Oh no. It was so red. And I go, oh my God. Because it also has like specks of Dorito in it. Like it has like Like little crumbs crumbs of Dorito in it. And the consistency it is so weird. It's first of all, it takes exact exactly like a Dorito. They capture the Dorito spot on. There must be dust, like Dorito dust in it. But also it the consistency is like like the dust itself. It's so weird. I've oh, never weird. tasted it. I didn't like it. Um, I'm glad I tried it once in my life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I looked it down doesn't at, sound good. I was
0: with my brother, and he's like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> he's like, it's not bad. I, I Like, I ate all of them. So it wasn't like the worst thing I've ever had, mm-hmm. but it also was just like one of the weirdest experiences of my life, and I'll never have it again. But
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound pleasant, I'll be honest. They
0: give you a free bag of like a, <laughs> a gra- like a party size bag of nacho and Doritos with it. Okay. <laughs> with the flaming Hot. So weird. So you get a bonus bag. I guess they just Amazing. have a flag around back at B-Dubs.
1: You just want the Mountain Dew flavor back. The, yeah, I do. Mountain Dew Wings?
0: The Mountain Dew Wings, they have a Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew now. Oh, God. <laughs> Which I assume is just like a spicy citrus.
1: We got to cut this shit out, though. <laughs> this is going to be We have to much. cut this out
0: because I keep trying them.
1: Yeah, you're a maniac.
0: <laughs> and it's terrible for my digestive system.
1: No, there's no way it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Live a little, I guess.
0: Are you ready to hop in this time machine?
1: Yeah, we're not going too far back <laughs> this time around. Uh, keeping it pretty recent, so yeah, hit I'm down.
0: A, hit me with a time machine noise.
1: Vroom, vroom. Mm. See, we're just kind of driving a car, you a t- time car, because <laughs> we don't really need to travel.
0: Our, we can just throw like pieces of the time machine into our current vehicles. It'd be fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, we don't have to go too far back, so it's it's not it's not so hard on the on the time. Uh, gas, <laughs> on time. Gas, <laughs> time gases. You thought regular gas was was it's high in price? Excessive. Yeah. Time gas. Yeah. Like... Back
0: in 2020, we had nothing to worry about. No Jeez. inflation. So okay, no. This is so. Here's the deal. We're not going back very far. We are. Also, if we do go back, we're only going back to 2021 because that's when this was released. This was originally Candyman was originally set to be released though in 2020. And if you remember, some things happened in 2020. <laughs>
1: Push this bad boy back. Should we spend some time telling the audience about what happened?
0: <laughs> they pushed it back once because it was originally supposed to come out in the summer, and then they kept pushing it back and finally they just said it's coming out in 2021. <laughs> so what I want to do here is because if you recall correctly, um, correctly or incorrectly, but if you recall, 2020, like the number one movie at the box office was like some random horror movie. I, I think it was called The Wretched. Okay. Um, I think Yeah. It, um, but it was such a weird year. But like Invisible Man and I think like Bad Boys for Life and Sonic came out early in 2020. But yes. then the rest of the year was just a wasteland.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it was crazy.
0: So this was supposed to come out. So what I've done here, Willie, yes. I'm going to play a game with you real quick. Okay. I wish I would have downloaded some like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh, music for the background. <laughs> but uh, I've got here. I've got. Some real releases that are on Tubi. Movies that were released in twenty twenty, according to Tubi. Because it's such a weird year for horror. Oh my so I went through on Tubi and I just control F and found all the twenty twenty movies I could. And then I have some fake titles that I just made up. And I want you to guess which ones are real twenty twenty movies that are on Tubi now and which ones I made up.
1: Okay. Are you ready? I think I'm ready, yeah, let's do it.
0: Let's start with let's start with an easy one. Corona zombies Corona is that zombies, real or did I make it up?
1: I'm thinking, uh, I think it's real, sadly
0: that is correct Yes,
1: I think I remember seeing this, so this was I think a movie that got made, and then they repackaged it as Corona zombies.
0: yes, I believe it was just a regular zombie flick, yes, that they said, oh we can add corona on Capitalize
1: here. off of this horrific <laughs> <laughs> world crisis.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's the entrepreneurial spirit. That must have been asylum then, right? <laughs> I think so. I was trying to bring it up on IMDb, but my computer's being really wonky today. <laughs> um, all right, let's try. Let's do another zombie one here. Zombie County election year. So zombie county, colon, election year. Mm, I'm going to go fake. Ding, 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 ding. You are two for two okay. right now.
1: All right. That is
0: one I just made up, I think. Uh, I Once mean, ag-
1: I, I would watch it. <laughs>
0: Once again, I don't
1: know. I would totally watch it for what it's worth.
0: Clown Face 2 Carnival of Sorrow.
1: Clown Face 2. That is real.
0: Oh, it is fake. Is it? Okay. Yes.
1: I'd watch that too. Uh, just is there uh, a Clown Face 1?
0: No, I just fake. I completely. I don't oh, know. Oh, shit. So, because here's the thing. Is Tubi go on there? Everybody, stop what you're doing right now. Pull up Tubi. There are so many killer clown movies on Tubi. Hell yeah! Like it's nothing. I think it's probably because like clown makeup is really cheap. Yeah. And like you could just make a clown That's movie. That's true. And people are like afraid of clowns. It's like a thing. So yeah. Um, That's it, funny. If you are ever looking for a clown movie, go on Tubi. <laughs> they got you covered. Yeah, I think it That's might be funny. like a Pennywise thing.
1: I would also watch Clown Face two. <laughs> For what it's worth, C- Clawface 2? I think yeah. like we need to work on this thing. We need to.
0: I was thinking like, yeah, it would be like a not Leatherface. What's the other? What's uh, the other guy's name that has a face in it? Um, oh, oh no, I'm thinking of Chrome
1: Skull. I, I was, was thinking right. of Leigh Chrome to Skull too. You ever watch the? You ever watch the to rest movies? I
0: think we did early on. We watched Later rest one. And I like both of them actually. Yeah,
1: they're fun flicks. I think I've seen the first one. I don't know if I've seen the second.
0: Leigh, uh, one. Chrome Skull. Chrome Skull is not as good as one. Late okay. to rest is fun. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um Rome skull.
0: Archeon the Halloween summoning.
1: I'm going to go real.
0: Yeah, that was real because I don't know what Archeon means. I was going to say I'm <laughs> praying that that this is some sort of
1: deity that you're not familiar with, but
0: Um how about this one? Teacher shortage.
1: Teacher shortage. Fuck. That's fake.
0: That is real. And I'm Holy looking shit. up right now because I forgot how much when this this title made me laugh. Wow. So this is called Teacher Shortage. It's a horror movie released in 2020. What is supposed to be an educational and collaborative weekend professional development session for the English Department of Prescott High School instead turns into a blood-soaked nightmare when a mass killer... So it's a slasher movie. A mass killer is targeting <laughs> it, Teacher Shortage. It's called Teacher Shortage. It's pretty funny. It is, yes, quite funny. quite funny. Okay, um... Quarantine
1: 666. Uh, Real? Fake. Damn. That one could have gone either way. (laughs) I was totally split in my brain. Man.
0: All right. We can do a couple bar here. The Cancel Culture Killings. Alliterative title. I
1: think it could go either way too. I'm going to go fake on this one. I just made that one up. Okay. (laughs) Okay. They Someone's c- gonna make it now though. <laughs> no,
0: I, once again, I am not sure these haven't been made. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh Bone Breaker.
1: Bone Breaker's real. Bonebreaker is real. Yeah. Bronbreaker. <laughs> yeah, bone Breaker.
0: <laughs> uh let's do a couple more here and then we'll get out of here. We'll get to our movie. Alright. Uh The Candy Witch. Real. Yep. Alright, now you're rolling. The Amityville Lockdown. Fake. Yep. Two more here. Non-essential workers. Fake. You got it. And the last one here, real or fake, wrath of souls.
1: Real. Yes. Because he laughed at the end. It's That's a, why I... I'm like, he's not laughing at his own title. No.
0: He's. It's such a dumb title. So dumb. It's such a dumb title that I could not make it up. It's so funny. <laughs> I don't give myself that much credit. No, but, you... But, think, yeah. I'm not dumb enough to name something. No. Wrath of Souls. Wrath of Souls. Sorry to the makers of Wrath of Souls. Do
1: you remember Soul Survivors with we are going of to.
0: So we are going to watch that movie out here. Oh, no. That is one of... That is a... Terrible! One of like the worst movies that I've, I've ever seen. Ever seen yes. Right? Okay, so we both agree that it's one of the worst I, things. So okay, I'm not proud of this. But I almost I, bought it. I rented that for a specific reason
1: because you like Eliza dishku
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's fire. Yeah. And
0: there's a, there's a scene with her in it too. I liked
1: that era of horror movies, like the the yeah. post screen stuff. Yeah. And the cover looked like a like kind of movie. Right. And I already liked her from Buffy. Yes. So I was like, I I was like, I had like. And like my dad was gonna let me buy a, like a movie, and right. I was like gonna buy Soul Survivors, and he's like, "Well, have you seen? Like, do you know anything about it?" I was like, "Not really," and he's like, "Don't then, that's not." <laughs> and then, sure enough, I rented it later, and I was like, "Thank." God, I didn't like. I I'd be bummed if I owned that anyway. So I specifically
0: rented that for like what had been built up as kind of like a sexy like moment with Elijah Dushku. Eh, and I'm fine. a teenage boy, and I'm like, yeah, let's yeah, whatever. Let's yeah, do it. and I watched it, and like that was like one of the first times I learned a lesson, like a very valuable yeah. lesson, which is like don't just watch something just for just because you want yeah. to see some some sexy some
1: time. Teen a, yeah, yeah. You so yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all- <laughs> it's bad. It's like isn't it Casey Affleck in that movie? <laughs> he is, right?
0: I think so. Should isn't I early... should I bring up the IMDb first? Isn't Wes Survivor?
1: Bentley in that movie too?
0: Now you're I think we're on to because I think Wes Bentley. It's Soul Survivors, right? Oh, this is not the Akon song. I'm yeah, two thousand
1: one Wes Bentley, Casey Affleck, how do I remember that? Luke Wilson's in this thing? Angela, we're gonna watch this.
0: Angela Featherstone, Alan Hamilton. It's on to, it's on Tubi for free, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, there we go. That, so it is a okay. So it is. Let's let's take a look at these uh these ratings. It's a three point eight out of ten on IMDb, which is probably higher than it deserves. It is a one point eight out of five on
1: Letterboxd and it is a
0: four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which means like one person gave it a <laughs> a fresh review, and it's probably Armand White.
1: Incredible. <laughs> Incredible.
0: Let's finally talk. Let's say his name.
1: Let's say, yeah, let's indeed. Candyman. Yes.
0: A sequel to the horror film Candyman that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. Directed by Nia DaCosta. Screenplay by Jordan Peele, Wynne Rosenfeld, and Nia DaCosta. Starring Yaya Abdul-Mateen, Tiana Paris, and Nathan Stewart Jarrett. Also... Uh, Vanessa Williams from the original yes and so I have seen this movie before I've talked a little bit about it on the honor roll I did like last year I mm-hmm. gave a pretty I don't know, like it was it was a pretty non-spoilery review for the most part you can go back and listen to me I will I'll talk about it. but what I'm really interested in and this is your first time seeing it It is. Yes. Yes. So I want to... I'm going to turn this over to you now. Okay. Because I want to hear all of your thoughts on the new
1: Candyman. Yeah, yeah. What you
0: liked, what you didn't like. Yeah. Everything. Sure. And uh, then we'll go through the plot here. Okay. Um, In general terms.
1: Yeah. So I was excited for this when I heard it was coming out, when when, when it was a thing. And uh, the response was mixed, I would say, overall. Um and it hurt my excitement a little bit for it, um, but I knew I would still watch it at some point, and uh, I've been itching to check it out for the last month or so, so I figured it would be a good time to, to do that, and I'm happy I did. I actually quite enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I do have some, some issues with it. Um, I think it's a great-looking movie. Um, I think there's a style to it, and... and I think Nina DaCosta is very talented, and uh, you can tell she's got a voice as a filmmaker. Um, I think the score is phenomenal. Uh, it's completely and utterly different from the original Candyman score in its style, but then this movie's a different style movie, too. The The original Candyman story, which was, of course, based on a Clive Barker story, was very much in line with his stylings, which is kind of a gothic a gothic a, a gothic bordering on romantic true horror story um, and that score has those underpinnings. There's a lot of um the traditional kind of gothic horror elements kind of floating through that that score. uh, Vin, uh, who, uh what's his name uh, glass uh, Phil Glass yes, yes, did the score for the original um and it's phenomenal and the theme is used in this uh in the end credits which was cool to hear like the theme again but i love the score of this um love yaya uh everything i've seen this guy in i've, I've enjoyed his work um i thought he was great in uh in watchmen i thought he was great in aquaman uh
0: I forgot. Thank you for reminding me. He's, yes, he
1: is. I, I've liked him in everything I've seen him. I've not seen the new Matrix, but I've heard he's pretty good in that too. So he's um, very fun in that. Yeah. yeah. So I like Yahya a lot, and I think he's really good got, here. I'm going to see that new
0: Michael Bay movie too. That he said with Jillian Hall. Ambulance. Yes, yeah, I'm very yeah, excited yeah. For, for that. Sure.
1: <laughs> for sure. For I, sure. I can't blame you there. Um. So I liked I liked him in this as well. I like that he's playing a character who is our protagonist, but he's kind of a dick. Like he's kind of a self-centered prick most of the time. Um. So he's not completely likable. Um which I like about that. I like that sometimes I like following a character who's not like reprehensible but who's not a, not a not squeaky clean. And I think Virginia Manson's character in the original was also there were elements to her character where she felt she wasn't always doing the right thing or the good thing. You know what I mean? There was there's a there's a similarity there between the two characters. There's
0: a similarity in that they are kind of yeah, I see what you're saying where they're both there's a self interest aspect to both of what, why they're doing what they're yes, doing. Yes, exactly. The, yes.
1: That supersedes anything that's actually going on with the people they're using to uh, further their work. In her case, I think she was uh, more journalistically inclined, and then he's an artist. Um, I was not nuts at first about, from a plot perspective, how we were handling the Candyman legend itself. I was concerned. I went I went oh, okay, this is no no good because and we'll dig into the plot, but I went oh, oh no, I can tell this started as a remake. And then at some point somebody goes, "No, it should be this legacy sequel thing." And then and I really thought that was the case and it might be the case still. That this started off as a remake with its own original ideas about what Candyman was. And then at some point somebody said, no, we should tie it to the original. I think that is the case. But I will say they're able to patch that up for me by the end of the movie to where it feels cohesive still. And, I, and even though that might still be the case, what happened behind the scenes, it feels acceptable to me because of what they do by furthering this idea of the Hive. Uh, and I think that's awesome. And I like the lore of that. Right. I think it's very cool. Um it actually winds up benefiting uh the movie I think as a whole I think the kill scenes rule um I love that they don't they mostly sh- uh, they mostly hide a lot of the violence uh there's a couple of really grisly moments, but a lot of the violence isn't straight up in your face and on screen um a lot of it happens off screen and you you know you see flashes of it or glimpses of it I'm thinking in particular of the scene with the um in the bathroom, which I think Works really well. Um, and there's a sequence, uh, where somebody's thrown up against glass in the f- background favorite, of the shot, yeah. and I love that bit too.
0: Oh, oh, I was okay. Are you talking about the one in the apartment? Uh,
1: or when the, the woman the is windows? being dragged across the, uh, yeah. in like the, the background as the camera pans out from the apartment building. yeah yes, I that, love that. Yes, yeah. Th- I thought that was, phenomenal. there's some really good stuff. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I really enjoyed all that. Um, I think it's really funny that all the people that get killed by Candyman in this movie are the white people. Um, yes. It's really funny, yes, uh, because we're dumb enough to do this shit. Um, I mean, I'm not, but like, <laughs> my people are. <laughs> um, yes, and, and I will own that. Um, did you I ever know...
0: do? Did you ever do anything like this? Did you ever do the no, Bloody Mary or the I Candyman? I don't. Mess I didn't with ever. It. Uh, yeah. So yeah, when I when I was I would have been like eight or I would have been young enough, and I remember kids like. Messing around with the candy Candyman stuff, and I like would be like, "What the hell are you doing?" Like, why? Because worst case scenario, it's nothing, or like best case scenario, it's nothing. But worst case scenario, fucking Candyman shows up. Like, You're what are die. you doing? <laughs> yeah, like what? Why even bother? What's the point here? Yeah. I remember, like, I remember vividly having to stop friends of mine I'm like, knock like, it off, <laughs> stop. Why are you doing
1: that? Oh, me too. Yeah, what idiots. Um, I don't love. We are two. We are two white males. So yes. Yes. <laughs> Who are friends with other white males, yes. <laughs> some of which are dumb enough to try People this shit. Going wild, trying to summon the <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, what I don't love about this movie is like the last twenty minutes. I yep. don't like it. I do not think this movie sticks the landing. Uh, there is a twist that is not great and doesn't add anything remotely, in my opinion, to the plot uh in fact it actually kind of detracts i feel like from what we've set up in the preceding hour and some odd minutes um and i think it actually even past that twist it overstays its welcome a little bit um and it's funny because i didn't know why i felt i knew why i felt the way i did about the twist itself i did not know why i felt like the ending felt like it had too much added on to it. Like there was too like it went on, drug on for too long. And then uh, I watched it with Nikki and she called it out and she goes, The movie should have ended here and I went, Oh shit, it should have ended there. Like you yeah, that's totally it. So thank you, wife, for this for this knowledge. Um, yeah, no. But overall, I mean, you know, uh I really enjoyed it. I thought uh I, I I dug it, and I and I was uh, surprised by it, and it was not exactly what I expected, in good ways. And uh, even though I do have issues with the with the ending, um, I think overall I really enjoyed the experience, and I think it differentiates itself enough from the original movie to where it feels like it its existence is warranted. It doesn't feel like it's just doing the same thing, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I dug it. Cool.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll just give real quick, I'll give my. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't want to, yeah, believe it the point, because we'll get into it in the plot here, sure. too. I am a little more mixed on this. And so, uh, yeah, I watched this first time. I was actually looking forward to seeing it a second time, because I like to give movies a second shot. And I'm still about the same, maybe a little bit more negative, because as you mentioned, that third act is a sprint and rushed. This is a weird movie in that it feels like the pilot all at once it feels like the pilot of a Candyman tv show and then all yeah. of a sudden it feels way too rushed at the same time like it's just i think structurally it's kind of a mess i think most of my issues as i watch through this are on the screenplay side of things like on the script side of things yeah and i think you're onto something um with because this is two things that are hot right now combined into one thing which is a legacy sequel and origin story. Origin stories have been hot since for like superhero movies for a, yeah, for a while now. Right. But like that it's it's like a combination of those two things mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily love either one it's of them. It's got
1: some elevated horror sprinkled in too.
0: Yeah. And you know what? So you've kind of touched on my other issue with the movie which is mm. and I yeah, I go over this so but how do I put this? I agree with what the movie is saying. The problem with this movie for me though is it's about what it's about. And what I mean by that is it's not about the like the movie's not about the plot. The movie is not about Candyman or the like what Candyman is or any of that. The movie's about I could get the and actually I think I get more watching interviews with Nia DaCosta, Jordan Jordan Peel, and the people behind the making of talking Mm -hmm. about their movie and talking about the themes and the ideas and the stuff they're going for. I get more watching interviews with them than I get watching the movie because all of that stuff, it is very didactic. It's very on the nose at times. Oh, yeah. yeah. There are like... Two or three scenes with people like lecturing about gentrification, the effects of gentrification on a neighborhood. Oh yeah, and I'm like, I need one of those. <laughs> I don't even know if I need one of those because it's inherent in the story you're yeah. telling.
1: No, I get it. it. It's definitely. It feels like later era Romero in the sense that it's like it could have been more subtle with some of its social commentary and what it's and its thematic elements. and, yes. and it's definitely not that at all. And there's, um, I don't yes. disagree
0: and it it's it's in this weird boat where like it's one of those movies where like I agree, like it has good things to say and I like what it says, and I agree with what it says, but at the same time, it's like it's why I don't go on social media anymore much. it's because like I'm sick of feeling like I'm getting lectured and yelled at by people I agree with <laughs> like like I agree like I'm with you on this like. Please I stop abusing me. <laughs> I do kind of want to watch The Candyman at some point here. So no, I get it. I totally do. I also think, and jokes aside, I also think it has some, it has some important things to say. And I, like I said, I think, I think they do a great job of explaining them. In essentially, I think they're I rented the DVD from Redbox, and um, I hadn't seen the DVD version of it. I rented it uh, VOD when it came out. Mm-hmm. I think I, when it was a rental. And they do have some decent... There's about 30 minutes worth of interviews with the filmmakers, and there's some good stuff on there. I completely lost where I was going
1: <laughs> with this. Well, you were watching some of the special features on the on the DVD, the one that you rented. and Yes. <clears throat> I have completely blanked. That's okay. The Candyman has entered your brain. Let's get into the plot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure. In
0: 1977, and maybe it will come with me, at the Cabrini, Cabrini Green Housing Projects in Chicago, the police search for Sherman Fields, a homeless man with a hook for a hand, known for giving candies to local children. He was suspected putting a razor blade in a piece of candy that ended up in the hands of a white girl around Halloween. It's taken from Wikipedia directly, by the way. We'll stop here in a second to like go through <laughs> after each paragraph. Later on, a young boy is approached by Fields while doing the laundry in an apartment building. Scared by his presence, the kid screams, causing the police to come down and beating Fields to death. Two weeks later, Sherman is posthumously declared innocent after more reports of razor blades in candy. Okay, stop here. Sure, yeah. So this uh, is what you were talking about with kind of the changes to the origin. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why I go, okay, it's a remake. This is a remake. Yes. Or a reimagining of... So this is going to be... The new Candyman is Sherman, and in a lot of ways that is the case in this film. Um, he is who you see as the killer throughout the course of the film. When you do see the killer, um, it's Sherman. It's not... Daniel Robitaille. It's not Tony Todd. It's this the Sherman character. There's he has a similar look. He has the hook um, on his hand. He's got the coat like the coat that's kind of similar to uh, what Tony Todd wears in the original. So I went, okay, this is a remake, and that's Tony fine. So, yep, that's fine. You know, I like that they, they did something different with it. They didn't. Uh, they they made it more of a uh, instead of making his or the Candyman origin kind of a period piece thing. Uh, kind of a romanticized period piece uh, folk tale, they made it more of like a like a modern urban legend. So something that happened in the '70s in the neighborhood. So not that the '70s were you know yesterday, but they contem- made it more contemporary a little bit. And they they uh, obviously they and like we said, kind of beating you over the head with it. They they modernized it by sh- by uh, making the the. Death of the Candyman based around police brutality and right. racism as opposed to that kind of idea of racism back in like the 1800s or whenever the I, I'm not good with that. So whenever Daniel Robitaille was killed. Right. So I and I, and I was cool with all that. And I'm like, OK, this is a this is a remake and that's fine. Um, and it works
0: very similar to what Barker's original story, The Forbidden, is kind of dealing with a little bit in, in that it works as like a, kind of like a, a study of urban legends, too. Yes, yes, and
1: I love that. Yeah, I love that stuff. I always thought urban legends were awesome. I like fascinated by them. Um, so well, that's one of the reasons why I've always liked Candyman. Um, but no, I, I dig all this stuff and, and it, it's eerie and it works. I love the the shot of the candy, a piece of candy falling out of the hole in the wall, it's terrifying. Um, you know, I never lived in, um, an apartment building as a kid that had uh, that shared kind of laundry area. Uh, But I can tell you this. I lived in an apartment building as an adult with like a, like a laundry room, like a shared laundry room, coin laundry. And uh, there is something very eerie about being in the basement of an apartment building by yourself surrounded by laundry. Like (laughs) I got, like I, I got that. You know what I mean? Um, And you add the idea that he's a kid on top of that. And it's like, man, oh man. I'd already be freaked out. I don't blame him for screaming and yelling. I'd be pretty freaked out if a dude was throwing candy at me through a hole in the wall. Just sure. saying. Yeah. You know, what happened after is not okay, but but you know, I'd be freaked out.
0: So this is a kind of a prime yeah, this origin story is a prime example of where I and I did remember what I say, but I think it fits better into what I was gonna talk about later. So anyway, um, so I've not completely lost my mind yet. <laughs> but um,
1: You're getting there. Well it's the wings.
0: What's that? It's the wings. It's those. Yeah, I, I yeah. got a stomach, and I'm oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like at the same time, I like some of the stuff, like you mentioned, the urban legend stuff, and the, some of the stuff it talks about, and even, yeah, it, as we get into it. But this movie almost loses me right away because it does it does the universal logo backward, which I which I groaned at, and then it starts <laughs> playing Candyman by I believe Sammy Davis Jr. Probably. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know, believe so. Yeah. The song Candyman and. I guess I it should have been, played the Christina Aguilera. No, so, um, but I just went. Oh, come on, now.
1: They <laughs> like, should have played the Aqua one. The,
0: <laughs> I'm like let's let's do two like super obvious things right off the bat. But here's what I did like about it, and like you said, it starts off you're like you're thinking it's a remake, but it also as we get into it. You thought that too then? That yeah, was, okay. yeah. At first I thought, like, what are we doing? I was actually kind of confused because I had read about it before. I'm like, hey, I had man. heard
1: it was more yeah. of a, yeah. <laughs> and
0: it was more of a legacy sequel. And um, I knew Vanessa Williams was in it. Yeah. Whose character, playing the same character. And I'm like, what's going on what here? What are we doing? And I had yeah. heard rumors of Tony Todd. But what I like about this approach too is I'm getting, I am a little bit, I just because a movie does this doesn't mean I hate it. But I am getting a little bit tired of those sequels like Halloween that ignore all of the movies that came before and just pick and choose. Mm-hmm. This one picks being a legacy sequel to the first movie, but <laughs> those other movies still can exist. Yeah, they can, can and exist. also they weren't great. I kind of like 2. Okay. But 3 is terrible. Like bad. 3 is really bad. Okay. 2 I I like. Okay. In fact, I might like it a little more, but than this one, but anyway, that's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, I i it's been honestly, a long I would need a time rewatch
1: but... of 2. I remember three being particularly yes. bad,
0: but yeah. so I I dig that about this, and it's kind of like a Rocky Balboa thing, where like Rocky Balboa is making a sequel to kind of like the first few movies, really. Yeah, but the first like two or three mainly. 1 and 2 I think but those other movies still exist in its timeline and like even 5 like the one everybody hates Rocky 5 everybody hates Rocky 5 but even that exists in the Rocky Balboa universe like yeah it's just just you don't
1: have to pay attention to it
0: exactly yeah and so that's what I like about this it doesn't uh, it doesn't for the fans of
1: those things because there are fans of the of of Mm -hmm. Candyman 2 and 3 right yeah they don't have to feel like they're being shunned for enjoying those movies and they shouldn't feel that way right but for most folks who Probably didn't like those sequels. They don't feel the need to have to go back and rewatch that shit. The yeah, you know, the, you know what I'm saying. Like that's
0: in the majority of your audience, like now in 2021, that's going to be seeing a Candyman movie is familiar with Candyman from 1992. So. Over 42 years later, in 2019, visual artist Anthony McCoy lives in Chicago with his girlfriend, art gallery director Brianna Cartwright. Looking for a creative spark, Anthony goes to C- Cabrini-Green projects after hearing the legend of Hel- Helen Lyle from the original movie by Brianna Brothers Troy. So there you go. Like you mentioned, he's he's using this Cabrini-Green for inspiration for his own work. This Yes. It's this,
1: very similar to what she did. This is where I get confused. Okay. This is where I got confused, I should say, because I go, okay. Now we're bringing up Helen Lyle, but we're saying that she was a crazy person who tried to kill a baby and stuff. Like, okay. And so I'm going. I at this point in my head, I'm going, wait. So, am I supposed to think the first one happened, or the first one was bullshit? And she like I, like what are we doing? I I was still. I was very. I was tr- I was formulating my opinions on the movie uh, like as it was moving along because I was starting to like. Get kind of pissed off about,
0: yeah. So here's what Troy yeah. tells a misconstrued version of the events. Yeah. This is from Wikipedia, claiming Helen kidnapped a baby and went on a killing spree before immolating himself.
1: See, but oh. that—that's my thing—is that like, yes, it is misconstrued as we find out. Right. But at the time, as a viewer, you're going, okay, so so that that stuff in the first candy we're supposed to pretend that that was all BS, like
0: right. And I think I think with the movie, and it's not real clear, but I think it's almost going for like a. Kind of like a telephone version yeah, yeah, of a yeah, bit, for so sure. like how then, these things yes, get passed. Yeah, that's totally
1: sure. what they're doing. But at the time, I went, "Oh no! Now we're now we're gonna like we're gonna remake this, but then we're also gonna be like, <laughs> ah, that original doesn't doesn't count." So I was kind of mad about that. But um, I will say, like, I enjoy <laughs> as much as I enjoy the kind of poking fun at the artsy fartsy types and like yes. the elites <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, and I love that they 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 make it equal equal, equal opportunity, and it's it is not just like white people that are the artsy fartsy types like there are people of all yes races and backgrounds and everything i like that because i it there are it's true and and i right. like that our lead character is kind of walks between those two different mm-hmm. you know what i mean i like that but here's what i will say there's a movie that skewers this <laughs> absolutely skewers yes this uh culture <laughs> way better than this candyman movie does and i recognize that that is not the prime focus of what we 're doing with this this candyman story but there's a there's a fair amount of that in this movie of them trying to skewer the artsy elite types, but even then,
0: like a lot of it turns into. Weird that weird kind of thing I don't like in movies where it turns it onto the critics, like it turns like like it turns a lot of its like I know hatred towards critics. It does. It's it's like one of those weird things that happens in in movies sometimes where like this screenwriter gets kind of like a bug up their ass. Yes, totally, (laughs) totally.
1: But um, uh velvet. Was it velvet butterfly? Velvet buzzsaw. Velvet buzzsaw. Yes, (laughs) does it better. Hobo Man.
0: I dreamed of Velvet Budsaw. I'm not joking the other night. I had a dream about Velvet oh Like As I was drifting off, I go, oh my God, Velvet Budsaw. And I thought of Hobo Man. Yeah. I kind of love that movie. Me
1: too. <laughs> I'm just <saying.
0: laughs> I need to watch it again. Yeah, me too. Uh, Anthony meets laundromat owner William Burke, who introduces him to the story of uh. the Candyman and reveals, yeah, the young boy from the opening who witnessed Sherman Fields beaten to death by the policeman. Burke implies that if somebody says Candyman five times to a mirror, Sherman's spirit will appear and kill a summoner. Okay, real quick. I want to talk about the original. Yeah, um, movie. Because now we're now yeah now that we've <clears throat> we've referenced it and all that, I think, and it's kind of bothered me a little bit lately. I think there are we've t- touched on it a little bit. I think there's some misreadings of the original Candyman movie, Virginia Madsen's character in particular, and I understand why. Um, but <laughs> she is not. <laughs> Like she's the protagonist, and she's not like a bad person. No, but she's also out for her own gain, yes. and she's very naive. And like, it's not like I've heard her, I've read her in places referred to as a white savior, and she's not the savior. Like she saves a child at the she end. She does, but, but I, it's only after no. like she's burned down these people' entire. Day. She's not a hero in this I, movie. D- yeah, <laughs> and I
1: disagree with that take. I, 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 I don't think she's. I can see why people. Leap to that because there's so many examples of that in all right. kinds of storytelling, and I get it, uh, but I don't think that's the case with her character. I don't think her, her character is not unlikable per se. No, no, no. But her character d- is definitely there's an element of exploitation yes. with what she's doing with her work, and and she gets into deep and doesn't think about the repercussions of the people who are actually going to have to continue to live there when she can go back home to her nice studio. She's using what,
0: this for her research paper. Or yes, her Like her, um, which, yeah.
1: which inherently I guess is fine, but like she digs so deep into it and she like up, like uproots and screws with people's lives. And then she gets to go back to her nice, like I said, her nice apartment. And while they're stuck in Cabrini green, yes. Picking up the pieces that she left behind. She's not doing anybody any favors in that movie. Right. Basically her saving the baby at the end of the movie is like, fixing her fixing her own mess as much as she can at that point. Right. Like not she's not helping anybody beyond like trying not to get like trying to maybe not be a terrible person. I she just yeah. I'm not I I agree with your take on it. And that.
0: the movie is I think the movie is very cognizant of it like throughout the entire movie like it like it's in on it. It just yeah. doesn't beat you over the head with it. So yeah, anyway. Agreed. I wanted to touch on Helen real quick because this is where the movie kind of critiques her in some ways sure. and like you said I didn't know until later but inspired by what Burke has told him Anthony makes an elaborate piece based quick, on I want to say I do like yeah. Bur-
1: the Burke character at this point in the story right I, I think it's important that we have that character who can kind of clue our lead slash the audience in on the lore and the mythology behind what, what he's going to be experiencing later on cool with it For I sure. like Coleman Domingo I think he's a really good actor fan of him fan of the character I like the character and not well enough Anyway, moving on.
0: For sure. Uh, makes an elabor- Anthony makes an elaborate art piece based on the Candyman legend titled Say My Name to display at Brianna's and her co worker, Clive Privler's. Okay, here's when Ryan Ryan's coming in in just a second. Art, art exhibit. <laughs> However, the piece is mostly ignored by the public and is disparaged by art critic Finley Stevens in a raging Anthony who drunkenly starts off from the exhibit. I love. Yaya's yeah, yeah, performance, I the performance has really carry this movie a lot of the time yeah. for me because uh, I think he's terrific and like, like you said, I think he knows exactly what kind of movie he's. Oh, in absolutely. He's, yeah. Uh, later that night, Clive and his girlfriend Jerica, <laughs> sorry, Jerica, that is such a funny name, such a good name, are brutally murdered by the Candyman, who was summoned by the latter. All the while, Anthony starts compulsively painting gruesome portraits of unknown people. All right, so we're gonna talk about the scene because I think it's I think it's clever. I think it's fun. In a way that's kind of satirical in that it's it's white art dealers kind of getting off. Like, they have sex in front of this painting of black trauma, black pain. I know. It's, I know. it's kind of amazing. It's, it's pretty sweet. It's one of my favorite parts. But I have a huge issue with maybe that particular character, the art exhibit guy, the douchey art guy,
1: Clive. Why is he Clive. Also, they make have, the guy make, make the guy who works at the laundry make Coleman Domingo's character named Clive. But they, don't
0: they have someone in laundry reading Weaver later? Who's kind of like a douche too, or like someone at some point? Anyway, I'm
1: okay with them being a bad guy. I just this guy should not be Clive. This guy
0: should not be Clive because this movie loves to comment on the original movie. And here's the thing: I'm sure Clive has a sense of humor. I've I've many an interview with Clive. I like Clive. He's a funny uh-huh. guy. He's a he's a charming chap. So I will stick up for Clive here. Clive Barker. Is a he's a a homosexual British man, yeah. So, like, he is he came to this country as well. He did movies here, but like, he comes from he comes as kind of from an outsider perspective as well to this. So, his original story to The Forbidden has absolutely nothing to do with race, yeah. It is all centered around uh talking about urban legends, and if anything, if we're getting political. It's about class in Britain, like it takes place in London. So yeah. like it's so anything that was added, in race and there is racial stuff in the there is uh, that critiquing is added by Bernard Rose, who did the screenplay for Candy which is man.
1: excellent and
0: also a British man, also an outsider critiquing the American system, and he has some salient points in that. My problem with Navy Clive is. And it's kind of a microcosm of my problems with the whole movie is it just feels like something cute they threw in as like, oh, let's name him Clive as a callback to Clive Barker. But not not thinking like you're making this guy who is uh, like they go on to show kind of getting off and getting horny with his girlfriend to these paintings of black pain and suffering. Naming him the uh, the creator of the original work and essentially tying him to it feels this idea—it's shitty. <laughs> Look, yeah. it's super shitty, especially for Clive Barker, who his original work had absolutely nothing to do with this. So anyway, feels a my, little gross. It's, right? There's my yeah. rant. So, do you have anything else to say about that, sir?
1: No, I know you're a big fan of Yaya trying to show off his cool mirrors. <laughs> you will spit your drink out. <gasps>
0: it is such a. I'm sorry. But it actually, it works with it's most of really my... It's really funny. It works with most of my opinion on modern art, which is like, whatever, dude. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, like, okay. It's a mirror. I yeah. get what you're going for. Yeah. You've explained
1: it to me. Thank which you. Which I
0: don't think artists are supposed to do.
1: <laughs> they even call him out on that. Like, yes. why is he talking to the critic about the piece? It rules. That, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Anthony, all right, right. Let's. Anthony becomes more obsessed with the Candyman. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Much to Brianna's chagrin, who is reminded of her own father, an obsessive artist who committed suicide when she was a child.
1: Yeah, okay. Yep. Stop. <laughs> Here is a nitpick. It's not even a nitpick. It's an issue. This doesn't go much of anywhere, the stuff with her dad, other than the fact that she is dealing with another male artist who is coming unhinged. Like, that's it. Yeah there's no there's no come to Jesus moment here with what she witnessed with her dad. There's no real resolution to that whatsoever. It doesn't get brought back up in any sort of like crucial way other than to make us understand that she has like been through this before, which honestly I don't think we even needed like I'm not saying like I liked this scene and it was kind of haunting and like eerie and terrifying to watch this little girl like see her dad jump out a window it's terrible but i didn't think any of it was necessary for anything that we like i i can buy her like being invested in her relationship with this with anthony because she's invested in relationship with anthony i didn't need that tie to i don't know whatever it's fine i just i just felt it just felt kind of there to me. I don't know, like they were trying to add depth to her character. That I mean, she was she's a good enough actress where I, I liked her character anyway. So I didn't.
0: I never say this about movies, and you know that I feel like this one could have used about ten or fifteen minutes in certain to add on to certain areas, yeah. or maybe even just cut and add on. And it, it's with her character, I think, especially.
1: Yeah, yeah. She becomes our lead essentially, right? And she's not treated in any way, shape, or form as a lead. I don't think, yeah.
0: After Anthony has two encounters with Sherman's ghosts while investigating Helen Lyle's Candyman research and learns that Finley was murdered after sunning, summoning Candyman at Anthony's behest while he visited her. He confronts Burke and learns that the legend originated in the 1890s with Daniel Robitaille, an artist who was mutilated and lynched for having an interracial affair with his client's daughter. And since then, the legend has been renewed for generations with the souls of other murdered black men becoming part of the Candyman hive and who are the subjects of Anthony's paintings. yes yeah, right, I stop of, right there. This fucking rules. This is, okay. This this shit is is awesome.
1: (laughs) This is where we've been a little negative, but this stuff is the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is what Coleman Domingo. This this should be some hard to sell shit. This is some silly bullshit he's talking about. Like we're supposed to buy into. And Coleman Domingo sells this shit. Like he's really good in this scene. And you're like, whoa. And this is the moment where like I go, okay, sweet. This is, it's not. This is not a remake. This is not a. A sequel, this is kind of just another avenue that we're taking this candyman story down, and I, I like I dug this, I dug all of this the idea of a candyman hive is like really creepy and spooky, and kind of and like I think that this is the way you can subtly in a way subtly um speak to and speak about the history of violence against. Particularly black males in America, for sure. I think this is a way you can do that, and you can you can kind of demonstrate the legacy of that being part of American culture. Unfortunately, but it's the truth. And throughout these decades and these years, all these these black men that were murdered and black boy. I think there's a, like a little boy that's part of the hive at one point, right? Like you, yeah. Um, that like this is how you can subtly t- speak on those subjects without like bashing people over the head and the reason why i have an issue with bashing over the head is what for, is the exact same reason that you mentioned earlier is i agree <laughs> right. so i don't need that like right. and, and I, honestly i think most folks that are watching candyman i'm not saying all i'm saying most folks that are watching candyman probably also agree too and those who maybe are watching candyman that don't aren't going to be convinced by the movie candy
0: no in fact in fact they are probably going to get Pissed off. Pissed off and annoyed and then rant and rave. Review
1: bomb the movie. About
0: how woke it is or whatever bullshit they come up
1: with. So this is a a cool way, I think, and a slick and a smart way to address those topics and make those part of the DNA of the story you're telling without saying, without just, here's here's what we're trying to tell you. Yeah. It is such a cool, like, comic book
0: style, like origin to it. So what I so I would read
1: <laughs> an anthology comic book series about each member of the Candyman hive. The hype.
0: And what I love, 100% and what I love about what they did here is so what a good I think what a good sequel should do like this is kind of deepen the backstory. And I I touched on a little bit earlier too when I was talking about the um the kind of Candyman lore they introduce here, but a lot of that Daniel Robotai backstory is not in the first movie, it's in I think the second movie. They, with a lot of the yes. flashback scenes. I mean, it's there in the first movie, but in the second movie- Yeah, you know movie, the story of Robotai in
1: the first movie. But right. Yeah. They
0: really show it and they touch on it in the second movie, so that stuff still exists now. And yeah, what it does is each it finds a way to deepen the Candyman legend lore and put a fresh spin on it, and I really, really dug that. Yeah, this and, is yeah. some of my favorite stuff.
1: And sometimes that. I hate lore. Yeah are right. <laughs> Sometimes I'm overlord, and I. And, and not overlord. <laughs> so, I but think it depends I, on the character, though, too. I agree. I, I like, agree. I don't need yeah. too much more. I don't need
0: any more Jason lore. No. But with something supernatural. I mean, I'll take it. But. <laughs> but with something supernatural like yeah. Candyman. I'm cool and, with that. And when it's something as cool as this, too. Mm-hmm. As the legend continues spreading, a group of teenage schoolgirls at a local high school summon the Candyman in a bathroom and are subsequently killed. Anthony
1: begins to undergo a physical transformation. Blatant body count scene, but also awesome.
0: Okay, yeah, let's talk about the
1: scene real quick before we move on. It's just—it's just there to have people get killed because it's been a while.
0: I yes, and I have seen that pointed out as a negative, and I think it's quite charming in a slasher movie. Sort no of it like. rules. We need this. It, we it need feels it. like one of those Friday the Thirteenth movies where, like, the studio's like, "You got to kill more people." Yes, and I'm cool <laughs> with it you, <laughs> because, because they're right sometimes. And it, yes, and it's also they do a I don't think so it is a missed opportunity in the sense and it feels a little bit tacked on plot-wise. And I also think it might be a little bit missed opportunity because it essentially kills what is it four or five white girls? And I believe so. They could have uh, they could have used it as a way to kind of pin it on him as a black man like and just make it as like kind of like a convenient way to move that forward for it. So I think they kind of missed an opportunity there. Yeah, but um, also, it does tie into essentially because uh, I think the one non-white girl um, just busts out of there too. Like they make sure. So to- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: so so in the group, there's one girl, an Asian girl, I think that just goes nope, and she <laughs> she bounces out. And then the entire time, there's a black girl in the stall who's hearing all the crazy the craziness going on. Inside.
0: So it is kind of a it's kind of a fun scene in that it it touches on uh, it touches on these white people kind of. Getting off in their own way on Black Pain, so yeah, it is. It's interesting that said. I think it does feel tagged on, but once again, I found that charming.
1: Yeah, I was fine with it. Yeah.
0: Anthony begins to undergo a physical transformation stemming from a bee sting. He received on his hand before meeting Burke, which starts spreading across his entire body. He goes to a hospital where he learns his mother, Anne-Marie, lied about where he was born. And when he confronts her, she reluctantly reveals he was the baby rescued from the bonfire the night Helen and the Candyman had been and that candy man had been responsible for the spree she was blamed for. And plan to sacrifice them as well. The community about to never repeat the Candyman's legend after that night. Anthony leaves, resigned to his fate, and wanders through the Cabrini Green Row houses. Okay, sorry.
1: So now we've got our, our we've got our official This is a Legacy sequel thing. I dig all that. I'm cool with all that. No issue there. I actually am A-OK with the body horror thing. I think it kind of works. I haven't seen good body horror in a while, and this is pretty sweet. So this is, um, real quick, this is what I blanked
0: on earlier. And sorry if I caused you to blank here, but you touched on the body horror, and Nia DaCosta in interviews talked about how she was inspired by Cronenberg.
1: Oh, you could tell, you can see yeah. that,
0: especially *The Fly*. This feels like *The Fly*, and the Cronenberg *Fly*. And what I was, the point I was trying to make is this feels it has a lot to say, but it also feels like a legacy sequel, an origin story. And then it also feels like kind of a supernatural slasher. It feels like a kind of like a, like you said, an elevated horror movie. And it feels like a body horror movie. Yeah. And after a little bit, like all of these things, I don't mind when a movie tries to do too much. In fact, I'd prefer it a lot of times to a movie trying to do nothing. (laughs) But at, at a certain point, I'm like, man, the body horror stuff is kind of my favorite stuff in this. And I would have liked to have seen like, it just be kind of like, the fly version of Candyman. I so okay, really yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So this is like okay, this is like we're gonna do some analogizing here, right? Yeah, it's like a stew with a lot of different horror ingredients thrown in, right? And you're eating the stew, and you like the stew. The stew's not bad. It's 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 a it's a fine stew. But you like a specific ingredient in that stew, right? And you want more of that ingredient, right? Like you yes. want more of the uh, the I don't know. You want potatoes in this stew, right? Yeah, I well, get it. I totally get it. Yeah, because we've all been there with the stew. Um,
0: <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, though? I cut you off.
1: No, I like the body horror stuff. That's what I was saying. I, I think it's cool. I think it works. It reminded me of Cronenberg, um, so I can see that. I can see that influence, like the fly thing right there. Um, I'm fine with the fact that I don't really understand why it's happening to him. I don't need that. I don't want that. that. That's the kind of lore I don't want.
0: That's over-explaining. I don't want to know. We understand. He's
1: cursed in some way. He has ties to, the, to Daniel Robotai as a baby. Daniel Robotai wanted him for some reason. His mom says as much. You were chosen as a sacrifice, whatever. It's obvious
0: he's becoming the Candyman.
1: I'm yeah. cool with all of this. No issue. Um, the mirror scene where he's in the mirror and Candyman is mimicking his movements. Liked all that. Like, all that That transformation stuff works. Now we're getting into issues though. We're I, about to enter.
0: I think things are going so I'm with you uh, there like we've touched on some of our issues but even yeah. those issues I think they're are just, very minor at this point. They're I minor yeah. and I think some of it is kind of our own personal way of sure. th- things but now Nothing we're getting at this point th- the movie has maybe go I I've now, gone. <laughs> now we're gonna, so we only have a couple sections left here because this is a busy movie, but busy like a bee, if you will. Oh. But um, now we're getting into the stuff where the, I I'm with you. I think is objectively pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> like most of the stuff. It's been subjective so far. Worried about Anthony. Brianna goes to Burke's laundromat at Cabrini Green Ugh. where she is kidnapped. So the thing is, there is so much stuff in these next sections, Like, and we're like 15 minutes left of the movie, but where she is kidnapped by him and takes her to an abandoned church where Anthony is in a fugue state. Burke reveals that he is not only witnessed Sherman's death, but also his spirit return as the Candyman who killed his older sister and her friend after being summoned. Burke plans to have the police gun Anthony down to reclaim the Candyman legend as an instrument of vengeance rather than a symbol of suffering. He then saws off Anthony's hand and replaces it with a hook to complete his transformation before chasing Brianna into row houses where she kills him with a pen. Anthony appears and collapses in her arms. As police arrive, they shoot Anthony dead. Okay. I think the movie's off the rails now. We've gotten
1: (laughs) nuts. So the Burke twist is is about as dumb as I've ever seen in a movie. It makes no sense. It's completely unnecessary. Literally all I needed at this point was to know that Anthony's turning into a, a new version of the Candyman and joining the Hive. Through whatever supernatural means are happening. I did not need a human influence in this. Yeah. Why is he doing this to make Handyman a, a symbol of none of none of whatever Burke is doing makes any sense, it, even in this kind of heightened supernatural uh, world. Like nothing he's doing makes like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And the idea that this uh, this age old this like supernatural force that's gone through
0: gener- generation, generations to generations can just take control of this man. Um, yeah. On its own, it's way scarier. <laughs> and th- yeah, and it already is doing that. So why do we need this Burke character? And it works better thematically, too, for what the movie is trying to say, which is like he, has, he doesn't have agency, he doesn't have control over his own body. These
1: outside forces do. Uh, yeah, like, the outside forces are turning him into a monster. Yes. Yes. Purely because of where he was born. I don't understand the Burke stuff. I it's don't. so unnecessary I, and so tacked on. And ruins that character. And ruins kind of everything that his character did before right i just don't i just don't get it i'm fine with him being the kid from the beginning uh from the kid oh that, yeah, that, that was, I, yeah i'm good with all that me, yeah i'm good with all that i I'm actually fine with him being involved in whatever this the finale of this story is going to be mm-hmm. but i do not need him to be some sort of like last minute tacked on bad guy that i it just it, it doesn't i don't know doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Where did Nikki say this should have ended?
1: So, is Nikki also up? agreed with the end of the Burke thing. She just felt okay. like... It, but, but, but as far as ending, right? So, the movie. Uh, well, I've got the next section. Here. You yeah, want me to do read the that next off? section. Okay. First, yeah. Because yes. I, I thought
0: it may have been there. But, yeah. okay. Because you're right. There is a whole different. Yes. As the police detain an attempt to intimidate Brianna into agreeing that Anthony provoked them, she summons Candyman through a rear view mirror who appears in Anthony's guise and massacres the police. Anthony is shown in a gated alley, killing the last surviving corrupt cop and approaches Brianna with a mass of bees swarming his upper torso. His face transforms into that of Daniel Robotai, revealed to have been taking the forms of Sherman and Anthony due to their tragic deaths and gives one simple instruction for Brianna to tell everyone about sh- what she had just witnessed. So that's kind of the end. The film's end credits show a shadow puppet animated montage of various members of the Candyman Hive, such as Daniel Sherman, Anthony Crawford, James Byrd Jr., George Stinney, and lastly, Anthony himself.
1: Yeah, so all Candyman the, the 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 final idea of the Candyman is that all Candymen are the spirit of Daniel Robitaille. He's just essentially absorbing these lost... Uh, uh, tortured souls into his his evil being, right? Like into not evil, but into his like his ghostly. Like they're all part of of Daniel Robotai and part of the Candyman now, right? That's kind of the idea. Yeah. It's not like a gang of candy men that like get together and say like who's going to go kill this person. It's it's they're part of a collective that's become a permeating evil in Cabrini Green. Love that. I think it's great. Um Nikki's thing was uh, she says the name in the River Mirror. I liked that. I knew where we were going, but I liked it. Um, not sure why Okay. Here's why they had Burke make sure to mention that he wanted Candyman to be a symbol of vengeance instead of um a symbol of ven- instead of terror or whatever. They wanted a reason for why Anthony would show up and kill a bunch of the cops. Instead of killing the person who said Candyman in the mirror, because traditionally we've been told, and I think they've pretty much stuck to those rules throughout the movies, that like the person who says Candyman in the mirror is the one who dies. Right. If you're not fucking around with Candyman in the mirror, you're going to be all right. Right. Um, So if we're going by traditional Candyman logic, she should be the one that's the, 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 the next on his list. Right. But because they have Burke set up the idea that now Candyman's going to be a symbol of vengeance, how he is or why that has changed because of anything that Burke has done, I cannot tell you and I don't care to understand. But that explains his, I guess, attacking the cops as opposed to like, – once again, I don't think it's necessary. But right. anyway, Nikki's thought was that you end it with her saying Candyman in the, the rearview mirror – and instead of having her now get out of the car after the cops are killed, wander down, look down an alley. Oh, there's Anthony. Oh, now he's turning into like all that. Her getting out of the car and wandering around yeah. and stuff felt just added on. Um, and honestly, I think she's right. And I think it was added on so they could put Tony Todd in the movie. Probably. I think Tony Todd was a late, like a late thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that's because he congratulated like the casting crew when they were like filming, and made it seem like he wasn't involved. And then like a week later, they're like. Oh no. It was weird because
0: I don't like he he felt like a lat, last minute in the promotion of it
1: too. It was I don't w- think he was originally part of it. Very strange, yeah. Um but her thought was you have her say it in the mirror. Candyman comes out and kills the cops. And the finale ends in, the, in her with her in the car still as opposed to like wandering around and <coughs> meandering about. I agree. I mean, I just don't think it's necessary that all that extra you got the sequence of him killing the cops and then like now she's going to get out of the car and wander around handcuffed and find oh what's down the alley. And I, I don't disagree. Um, I don't remember if she said I think Nikki said that she you she you have it end with her saying it the fifth time or whatever how many times yeah. in the mirror and then you end the movie there. Right. As opposed to and like, let
0: the audience kind of take it from there. Yeah. 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 yeah I like that. So.
1: All right, there we go. That's the candy man.
0: What? Are, uh, let's do a couple real quick superlatives. Yeah. um Class clown. Who's your class clown? Who's the? Oh, f- it's
1: uh, it's uh, who's the lead? Uh, T- Tiona Paris. Uh, the the, the her brother. Oh, Troy. Uh, her gay brother. Yeah. Yes, he Tro- rules. <laughs> Troy he is absolutely the class. <laughs> Troy clown. has a couple a couple
0: really funny lines. <laughs> I get a real kick out of. um This isn't the funniest movie either. Sometimes it to Troy. You're right. is a is a good bit of comic. He's life. pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> I get a kick though. of uh, I get a kick out of drunk Yaya, uh, in the in the art. I'm going with yeah him in the art.
1: He goes from zero to really drunk.
0: Uh, like, <laughs> that's has, not oh him. Oh my god, that's he the editing. A, uh, what was the uh, what's the line he asks? or what's the line he shoots back to? Uh, oh man, I thought I wrote it down. She says
1: to Clive. Yeah, it's really funny, but I don't remember what it is. He calls him a bitch. <laughs> I know at the end he goes, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Yep. I, I thought I
0: wrote it down, but I did it. <laughs> there's also a uh, great line in it where someone goes, if you stick, if you stick through it for a couple of years, we'll bring you Whole Foods, talking about like gentrification and stuff. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> yeah. There's is some, line. Really, yeah. There is some really clever stuff in there. But um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Who? Cutest couple. I am going with I'm actually gonna go with the main couple i think I think th- for the scenes they share together I really like um Anthony and Brianna tiana and yeah yeah Abdul And I think maybe I just like their performances I think they have good chemistry and I would I would have liked to i would liked to have seen them more but more together. who's your cutest couple
1: well it's gotta be yeah it's gotta be Clive and Clive and Jared. yeah, yeah the gross <laughs> art dealers that are boning in front of. <laughs> Yeah, it's them. They're the cutest couple.
0: They're like, yeah, I mean, they're pretty bad. Uh, oh, yeah, she has a good lie too. Or, uh, doesn't she say she's wearing her um, Nuva ring?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Troy's got a really good quote. Ain't a dick on the planet good enough to offset a demonology hobby.
0: <laughs> you know what? I take it back. There are some really funny lines in this movie. There are. Well, Jordan Peele is a very funny guy. So, and, and I know he wrote the screenplay and. Um, I should mention too, Nita Costa, uh, she, I didn't. I don't think I talked about her the visually. Like we mentioned, some of the kills. I think all the kills are pretty cool. And you talked about one of them. She does. I. I dunked on the the mirror universal thing at first, but she does some fun stuff with kind of like reflective shots. Yeah. And the the way she shoots it, I think, is really cool too, because she's she's shooting a lot of it from kind of like the ground up, kind of looking at these things. She does cool stuff. Off angles. Yeah, she's, the she's very good. Um, she's doing a Marvel movie, correct?
1: The the second Captain Marvel. Okay. I think it's called The Marvels. Okay. So. I knew that's what she, which she is. Which has Tiana Paris in it. Right. Because she plays And uh, I like Tiana Paris. Yeah, me too.
0: Um, all right. Uh, most likely to succeed. We'll, we'll do this one, then we'll get out of here. Oh, my. Hmm. Most likely to succeed. Um... This would have to be, like, the spirit of the Candyman or whatever, right? And the the Candyman (laughs) Hype.
1: Unfortunately. They're doing all right. Yeah. Sadly, they're going to keep growing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, they do have an interview with Tony Todd in one of these where he he like gets emotional talking about like he he wishes he loves the character he loves what he's done but he's like I wish these
1: movies didn't have to exist so that like, they weren't yeah. relevant yep. yeah so I and he gets kind of emotional
0: there. it's kind of a, it's kind of a, an amazing part check out the special features if you can find the Blu-ray or you have the I should watch
1: I didn't have a chance to watch them I only had it for a day or two I wish it.
0: there was like a commentary too because that would have been interesting to listen to although they they talk a lot about shit the movie talks a lot about. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. But there are other things I would like to hear about. So, cool. That's Candyman. Um, Any final thoughts?
1: No, I think it's worth a look, for sure. I just say go into it knowing that I think you're going to have... You'll probably have some issues. It's not a perfect film, but I I, I enjoyed it overall.
0: I am... um, I I think I'm a little bit more mixed negative now. It's weird. I I think it got a little worse for me in a rewatch, which is weird because I had tempered expectations going into this, but there... (laughs) There's some yeah. There's some huge issues with the last 20 minutes, and I think we we go we went into them. So yeah, there you go. All right. So next time, I want to. It's my choice now. Yeah, you want to do J horror. I want right to here. do River and I want to do it. like a classic J horror. And I was going between these, and I want to do. Oh my! And it's on um, it's on Tubi, and there I want to make Excellent. sure people. Perfect. I want to make sure though people don't don't watch the Jennifer Connolly one. I want to watch the Hideo Nakata 2002 oh, 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 Dark Water. Oh, oh, oh. Dark Water. Uh, I have never seen this. I have seen the Jennifer Connelly version, I it's think. It's not great, right? No, it's not great. In fact, it's quite dull, I believe. I really um, have wanted to, and I've been reading a book on G-Horror um, kind of throughout. I have, uh, I really want to see this. This is Dark Water. And make sure you watch the Japanese version and not the... Um, jennifer connelly version it's on it's on tubi right now i believe it's also on amazon you can rent it if you if you want because i know tubi has ads um i think you're
1: gonna get me in a, on a weird j horror kick aren't you yeah
0: Screenbox has it fandor prime video so you can you can check it out but i yeah i'm gonna be watching it on tubi probably because it is free on there so i have wanted to see this one for a while so uh dark water is what I, is my choice for next time on horror.
1: very Mario, excited if you're, if thank you're good you good with
0: that all right, Willie, anything else before I get That's it, out here? man. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there.